Good evening, and welcome to Solidarity on Tap. My name is Chris Kerr with the Ignatian Solidarity Network. And on behalf of everyone at ISN, as well as our national Solidarity on Tap sponsors, Jesuit Volunteer Corps, Jesuit Volunteer Corps Northwest, Jesuitical Podcasts of America Media, the Jesuit School of Theology of Santa Clara University, Mary Noel Lay Missioners, and the Boston College School of Theology and Ministry. Thanks to everyone for joining us. For over 15 years, the Ignatian Solidarity Network has been uniting the Ignatian family, meaning the Jesuit network, as well as all those who are inspired to work for justice through the spiritual tradition of St. Ignatius of Loyola, to build a more just world through faith-based social justice formation, education, and advocacy. If you haven't already, please check out our website at ignatiansolidarity.net and like and follow us on social media to get the latest advocacy alerts, educational resources, and much more. As many of you know from the past few weeks, Solidarity on Tap usually takes place in cities across the country, bringing together members of the Ignatian family. And even though we're gathering virtually tonight, the goal of Solidarity on Tap is the same, to invite people to enjoy fellowship, maybe with a drink in hand, and to hear powerful reflections from members of the network engaged in work for justice. Now, in order to build and enjoy fellowship tonight, I wanna to encourage you to utilize the comment section on Facebook uh, or on YouTube or post a tweet or a post to Twitter or Instagram and use the hashtag ISNLive to let us know you and your institution are representing tonight. So this means if you're a, a graduate of a university in our network or a high school, former volunteer, current volunteer, whatever, let us know you're out there, right? Post post in, uh, on Facebook, post on YouTube, tweet, post on Instagram, all right? We wanna hear from you. Also, if you wanna ask a question of our guest tonight, you can post that too. We'd love to have your question and hopefully get a chance to ask it. So please, 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 Put those questions out there, Ignatian family, okay? Now also, um, just, just to remember, you know, as we join together as, as an Ignatian family, we are holding all of the people impacted by COVID-19 in our prayers. And I know you join, join us in that as well. We hope that this conversation provides us the opportunity to explore the important advocacy work that is being done and reflect on a hope-filled future. Um, and so we're, with this in mind, we're excited to introduce our speaker, Tom Shaboya. As president of the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, Tom leads an organization that creates opportunities for young people to engage in one or two years of service guided by core values uh, of spirituality, community, simple living, and social justice, and a support community of over 14,000 former volunteers. Tom has a long relationship with JVC, with friends and family having served as Jesuit volunteers and JVC staff. He and his wife, Carolyn, are proud former support people for the Santa Monica House in the 1980s. Tom is an alum of Loyola Marymount University and a graduate, uh, and, and also the Graduate Theological Union. Tom, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us tonight. It's great to be here, Chris. Thanks, uh, thanks for inviting me. No problem. Uh, cheers. Oh, Cheers. Man. I like your mug. Um, <laughs> so, Tom, uh, you work for an international organization that has volunteer communities not only throughout the United States but across the world. My guess is that on a, in a normal reality, 
you travel to, to visit them, to visit supporters of, of JVC, former Jesuit volunteers, but alas, uh, probably not much of that is happening. Have you been anywhere exciting in the past few weeks? <laughs> well, actually, I have been uh, exciting places. I've, yeah. uh, so last year, um, I visited all the domestic communities and had dinner with all the domestic communities. And I was starting to do the same this year with uh, domestic and international communities. Uh, so when we all got grounded, I reached out to some of the houses to see if they wanted to have virtual dinners or not. So I've been having virtual dinners with some of the JV communities, and uh, it's been great just to spend time with them and hear how they're doing in quarantine. Nice. I, I don't know if virtual dinners with JVs are like virtual dinners and happy hours with my family, but it, is there a lot of yelling? Does that happen? <laughs> not. I don't know. Not, not, it depends. Depends sure. on, on what we're talking about. But sure. yeah, it's usually pretty staid. Yeah, that's great that you're able to connect with with uh, current volunteers in that way. What's what's this uh, just for you personally? What's uh, this kind of uh, pandemic reality been like in terms of um, kind of working from home and and things like that? Um, well, I've gotten used to working from home. In fact, I uh, I kind of like it. I wouldn't mind uh, kind of continuing. It's it's uh, giving me more uh, time in the day to be productive. So that's that's been great. Uh, and, you know, we've been trying to stay connected with staff and, and with the JVs, but, you know, it's no substitute for being in person. Uh, but I would say that uh, everybody recognizes the challenge of the time and uh, the importance of maintaining those relationships. So everyone's been, I think, leaning in on this and, uh, uh, you know, doing Zoom calls with us and, and trying to trying to stay connected. Uh, so, you know, Trying to keep people optimistic. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty ahead, and uh, just trying to point the way as much as we can for the current and for the future JVs. Yeah, and how for the current for the current volunteers? I mean, what uh, has this uh, been like? I mean, I would imagine that probably different situations depending on where people were and things like that. Can you tell us how how JVs have managed this and maybe some of the things that they've had to do just to to be safe and stay healthy and things like that? Sure. So we are in uh, five countries overseas, and uh, early on in um, in the process, we made the decision to bring all the international volunteers home. Um, you know, we weren't sure it was exactly the right decision at the time, but it fortunately it turned out to be the right decision. Uh, but that was uprooting uh, these volunteers who had made one and two year commitments to serve in Tanzania or Belize or Peru or Chile or Micronesia. And now they were being uprooted really in a lot of ways against you know what they really wanted to do and to come back home. So that's been a real, uh, I think, challenge and transition for them. And then with the domestic communities, uh, a lot of the JVs are still showing up to work every day. They're essential employees uh, or they're working from home, they're teleworking. Um, and uh, uh, either from their community or from their home home. Uh, we've only uh, lost a small handful of JVs so far because of the, the, the pandemic. Uh, so most are still JVs, still trying to stay in community, still trying to keep connected with their housemates, and still trying to work through and, and talk about the four values. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of current JVs and, and uh, as well as former JVs, we have a lot of JVs watching tonight. So I want to make sure 
We've got so many of them that I want to make sure we take some time here uh, throughout our, our time together to kind of uh, call attention to them. So um, let's say hi to, uh, let's see, let's say hi to, oh, there's so many. Uh, Michelle is an FJV, 1617. Welcome, Michelle. And um, Michaela. Michaela. Oh, I'm sorry, Michaela. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. That's great. And then yeah. uh, Maria is with us. Maria's uh, uh, former JV is here. Maria and Karen, and they're watching from San Diego. Uh, looks like they were early to mid 2000s. That's and great. And Maria, Maria now is on our staff as director of FJV engagement and. Excellent. So she's on the clock tonight. Good work, Maria. Awesome. <laughs> right. Rob is joining us. FJV was with the Tanzania community and Dar es Salaam in 2015 to 17. Welcome. Samantha was an FJV uh, in Micronesia, 09 to 2011, and is a John Carroll grad. Go Blue Streaks. All right. Very good. Um, <laughs> Uh, my colleagues at the Ignatian Solidarity Network, I know them. They said, share a pic of yourself watching or having a Zoom virtual watch party to your Instagram and tag Ignatian Solidarity Network plus ISN Live. All right. So that was a little promo for that. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin says uh, from Casa Ida Ford watching from Los Angeles. And she the hashtag, that's my president. All right. <laughs> don't see that hashtag. Hey, hey Caitlin. So that's, that's good. Uh, Rebecca, uh, an FJV from the Twin Cities, 1819, now in D.C., uh, Tom, the memory of sharing a meal with you, uh, probably in person in that instance, hopefully, uh, at that point. Uh, so uh, welcome to Rebecca. Uh, Erica, FJV, uh, Casa Ruti in Houston, 2018-2019. Alec, joining from Boston. Uh, oh, not an FJV, but a BCSDM stu uh, student, so welcome. Hi from the current JVs in Nashville. Hey, Nashville. With, have you visited them, Tom? Did you make it to Nashville? I made it to Nashville. Nice. Excellent. Good. Uh, let's see. Um, and then uh, Carly and Tina, FJVs from uh, Casa Ida Ford. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure where that house is. Los, Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Oh, in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2013, 2014. So lots of FJVs uh, as well as current JVs out there, which is great. Now, Tom, you have um, – you have lots of touch points with JVC in your kind of uh, life, in your life story over the years. I mean, it's not like you just got this job out of the blue. You've known JVC for a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about on a year where JVC kind of fits into your story over the years? Sure. So a lot of my uh, friends, uh, family, and relatives are former JVs. My brother and sister-in-law were JVs in Alaska. My brother-in-law was on the JVC staff. Um, I, I knew a lot of the uh, Southwest staff when I was up in Berkeley. Uh, and then my wife and I were support people for the Santa Monica community for five years, a uh, year after we got married. Um, then I was at Loyola Marymount and I recruited JVs while I was there. Um, and then uh, just over the course of my work, uh, uh, I've run into so many FJVs um, uh, in different parts of uh, organizations that I've worked with and different organizations that I've connected with. Um, and so for me, uh, all, and I've said this to, to former volunteers across the country that, um, you know, one of the things that really drew me to JVC were uh, the FJVs. And all the FJVs that I know are just deeply committed to their year of service. And they're all solid human beings. They are deeply committed to social justice, uh, deeply committed to making a better world, and deeply committed to 
supporting other young people who want to have this experience. And uh, Tom, you know, I mean, you've throughout your career, I mean, you've worked uh, in in the in the church. You've worked, uh, you know, with the Jesuits. You've worked in kind of um, in the social service world. And and throughout all that, you've had lots of opportunities to walk, uh, kind of walk with young people in their journey. Um, and um, I'd be curious to know what 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 you've learned from that over time. What are things that you've learned from from folks uh, like like uh, like the JVs that are you know in their just finishing up college and in their early twenties and things like that? What are things you learn from uh, that that age group? And and um, you know, and, and maybe what what do you feel is important for the rest of the world, uh, the rest of the Ignatian family to know about that that age group that maybe sometimes gets misinterpreted or misunderstood? So, so I mentioned that uh, last year during my first year, I uh, visited all the JV houses uh, and had dinner with them, and I asked them two questions. I said, asked, um, what could JVC be doing better? Uh, to make your experience a fuller experience? And would you recommend JVC to your best friend? And so I got a lot of input. JVC has gone through a lot of changes, uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of turmoil over the last few years. And so um, there were a lot of issues that we had to address with, with our JVs in terms of our support, in terms of our uh, formation. And so I, I mean, I got a lot of input, uh, a laundry list of things that we really needed to be um, paying attention to. But the amazing thing and really the, the humbling and inspiring thing was sitting around the table with uh, JVs every night and hearing about the struggles that they, they were going through, whether it was on the job and their placement, whether it was within community and their other community mates, or whether it was struggles that they were having with JVC and things that we maybe we weren't doing uh, things fully to, to support them during their year. But in the end, they would all, I would ask them, you know, particularly when they you know, perhaps maybe didn't have a great experience, I said, why did you stay? And almost to a person, they would look around the table and say, uh, you know, I stayed because of the relationships that I've developed with these other people sitting around the table, or I'm staying because of the work that I'm doing in my agency and the difference that I see that it's making in the community. And really the, the, the most, I, I think, humbling one was when JVs would tell me, you know, it's been, it's been a rough year, but I've learned stuff about myself that I never would have learned anyplace else. And I would do it over again. And so I think what the thing that I've learned is you know, just the importance of being attentive and uh, and of listening. You know, I told the JVs at the end of last year, I went and visited all the disorientations and I thank them. I thank them for welcoming me into their homes, uh, for having uh, dinner with me, uh, letting me invite myself. But really the most important thing was they reconnected me with my passion. They reconnected me with why I did this work in the first place and why I came to this work. And for that, I was extremely grateful. They reminded me, you know, why it is that I first started working for the church and why I first started working in faith-based type work. And it was the, the chance to kind of sit amidst the challenges that we're working on 
and to look at that work through the lens of Catholic social teaching, through the lens of our spirituality, uh, and to do it as a community. And, um, uh, you know, last year, my first year at JVC was hard in a lot of ways, but it was also probably one of the greatest gifts I've gotten in my career. That's great. And, and it had to be powerful just to, to sit down, you know, with so many communities and hear the, hear the stories and, and come to understand some of the things that they're struggling with. It had to be really um, moving for you. Can you talk a little bit about uh, those four values that I listed off as I, as I shared about you at the beginning of our broadcast? And especially, uh, can you talk a li little bit about um, the key, you know, place of social justice is one of those, one of those values and how that's uh, lived out in the life of JVs and, and former JVs as well. Yeah, so I know for myself, you know, when I think back about, you know, how I got into this work, it really was a combination of experiences. Um, but I think one of the most telling experiences was, was really my relationship with the Jesuits being in the Jesuit novitiate. Uh, when I was in the Jesuit novitiate, I saw a book on the bookshelf, pulled it down, started reading it. It was Gustavo Gutierrez's uh, Theology of Liberation. And one of the, the novice staff that really kind of helped walk me through that. And, you know, when I left the novitiate, I decided that, you know, I didn't want to pursue the priesthood, but I wanted to continue working for the church because I saw the work, particularly that the Jesuits had been doing with immigrant communities in, uh, in the LA area, the work that they were doing at Dolores Mission in Boyle Heights, uh, the work that was being done as Proyecto Pastoral was being started and the connections that were being made with the church in, in Latin America. And just seeing the way that the, the, the Jesuits and the church were really weighing in heavily, leaning in uh, on the side of social justice. And so that's what, that, that was the church that I wanted to be a part of. And that was the church that drew me in. And so the, you know, what I see among the volunteers and what I see among the, the, the former volunteers is a sense of that really deep commitment of what an individual effort can do to change lives in, in a community. What happens when a community comes together and puts its effort behind uh, making change? And what can happen when an institution decides to take a stand on behalf of social justice in a very powerful way? Um, and so I see the Jesuits volunteers and the FJVs you know, continuing to live that out, you know, whether they're uh, continue their work in social work, whether they are teaching, uh, whether they're working at, um, at a private equity firm or one of our major banks, you know, these FJVs are still connected to that experience, still connected to those values um, and still thinking about how they can make a difference in the lives of those that are near them and people across the country and across the world. Yeah. We have we have three FJVs on our staff, uh, Brenna Davis, Aaron Brown, and Kim Coleman. And I'm always so grateful for the perspective they bring from their volunteer years, even though they each year that volunteer year gets a little farther away. You know, the, the sense of connection, uh, the sense of community. Um, we're so grateful to have them as a part of our, our staff and, and our work. Um, speaking of, of JVs and FJVs, uh, we've got uh, Nora, who says, I represent the Portland, Maine community. She also has a question about uh, the community coming back, but we'll, we can talk about that later. Um, 
uh, Katie from the Dodoma uh, community uh, and watching with Rob and Olivia. So welcome to them. Mm -hmm. uh, Beth Scanlon, FJV 78 to 80. So, and then hey, staff, 84. Beth is, uh, says hi. She's up there at, uh, in upstate New York at Lemoyne, uh, Lemoyne College. So welcome to Beth. And then David is watching from New York, Raleigh, 1819. Welcome, David. Glad to have you. And then Adrian, who's an FJV from Atlanta, 1819, says, Missed you, Tom, and everyone at JVC. <laughs> so um, lots of good, lots of good uh, JVs, uh, FJVs and JVs out there that are joining us as well. So now, Tom, you, um, you had a chance to walk the Camino recently. Uh, not real recently because no one's walking anywhere right now uh, right. to the grocery store. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was? You did this last summer, right? What, what was that like? Um, tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, my wife and, and I did it the last uh, uh, August and September. It was our uh, 60th birthday gift to each other. Um, and through a series of uh, situations, we decided that we wanted to walk the Camino. Um, and so we started uh, about the halfway point on the Camino Frances, which is one of the most popular routes. And uh, we walked for about 19, 20 days. We walked uh, about 277 miles, um, you know, sometimes walking uh, by ourselves, sometimes walking next to each other, sometimes walking um, with others that we met along the way. Uh, but it really was one of the most impactful experiences I've had really since I was in the Jesuit novitiate and had a chance to go through the spiritual exercises uh, because it's just you and the road. It's you and the surroundings that are around you, either these open fields or wine vineyards or these forests. Um, and it's just you and your, your, your spirit and your mind and your soul uh, left to uh, to think and to ponder and to build a relationship uh, and spend time like I haven't had a chance to with uh, with my wife. And one of the things that we heard leading up to the Camino was the Camino teaches you what you need. And we weren't sure exactly what that meant, but it really kind of came in in a couple of different ways. One is just sort of physically what you bring on the trip. So the tendency for people is to overpack and we did the same thing. So over the course of the time, you know, we were offloading things and leaving stuff at hostels or giving it to people or mailing stuff back. And so it really got us into a mindset of what is it that we absolutely need, you know, to walk this Camino. And so it really made us pare down because we we're carrying it in our backs. And I would say the other thing was the Camino also delivered by the people that showed up into our lives. Uh, the, it's real interesting. The Camino has a way, I think, of really disarming people and making people much more vulnerable than they normally would. Carol and I had conversations with people that were absolute strangers that I, you know, never had with other people in my life. Uh, you know, telling uh, stuff about ourselves that I haven't shared, and there were so many instances where we would just sit across the table from someone. And it was time to go. And you would just look in the, that person's eyes and there was just the sense of, yes, yeah, we're, we're doing this together and we're connecting. And it was, um, there's a real sisterhood and brotherhood that uh, takes place on the Camino that's incredibly powerful uh, if you leave yourself open to it. 
Um, so it was a, it was an incredible experience, and I would encourage anybody, you know, who has the opportunity of doing it to do it. That's great, and um, the way you describe it reminds me a little bit of of how sometimes people describe JVC, kind of you know being kind of with people on a journey, um, not fully knowing where it's going to take you, right, and what you what you need, uh, but but offering. Um, you know something unique that you can't quite figure out what it is and do you find that um in in our culture today uh particularly for young folks as they're coming out of a college experience that often um was a highly selective uh, experience you know um, many many folks who are a senior in high school they look at a, you know a large number of colleges they visit schools, they go to even maybe even go to orientations and check out how things are going. They talk with professors, they do the whole bit, right? And and then they make a, a decision about a, a school. Do you, um, what do you find JVs uh, as they apply, they kind of work through the process, they come to orientation, head to their communities in the fall. Um, what do you find that they're, they're seeking in their experience? And do you see a contrast between what they talk about seeking and what they talk about uh, receiving as they as they finish up? Yeah, so, you know, so this year was the first year um, that I went to the uh, uh, the Ignatian family teaching. And I was um, I was really overwhelmed by one the the number of people that were there, but the incredible energy that was there and the dedication and commitment of people that I met. I met a lot of former Jesuit volunteers there. And so I think that's what, what Jesuit volunteers are seeking. Uh, they're seeking that, that sense of spirit and community and commitment uh, to social justice that you, know, you and your teams organize so well uh, at the family teaching. So I think that's what people come into uh, JVC looking for, uh, but they leave, I would say, with with uh, so many different things, and it really depends on what they leave themselves open to. Uh, so many of the JVs that we talk with, their biggest fear of the year is the um, three-day silent retreat that happens uh, around this time, April, May. And at the other end of the retreat, we often find that it's been their most powerful experience. So I think people often come in you know, with the sense of commitment to social justice or wanting to live in community. Uh, but I think they take away so much more than that. And, and oftentimes things that they really didn't expect uh, because of the influence of their community members, because of the influence of the formation program, because of the influence of the people that they serve. Um, and so if people are open, uh, they're going to take away quite a bit from this experience and things that maybe they hadn't even imagined. Sure. Speaking of, of JVs, we have a few more FJVs that are and JVs that are out there. So Billy uh, says the Rosa Parks House from Detroit tuning in. Yeah, Tom, happy to have him on the Jesuit balcony conversations. I think that's a good thing. Um, well, so so Billy well, and, and and one of his uh, uh, housemates uh, has a podcast, Jesuit Balcony Conversations. Oh, yes. Okay. And so. Um, and so I did a, a segment with them. So I encourage everybody to listen to 
to, to their podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Nice work, Billy. All right. And Maggie, uh, Maggie was in Peru and Maggie. So, and said she really appreciated your visit uh, last year. It was awesome. And then Jessica, grateful for JV's continual development and enrichment, FJV, uh, North, uh, JVC Northwest spiritual, uh, or no, I guess spiritual support for, uh, for Camden Philly past few years. So that's, that's great. And then uh, Christina, says uh, Portland 1819 oh, and then and then we've got um Rose who was in the Syracuse house in 8182 and Tom that that brings up a good a quick question what what is the how far back to JV's date what what's the what's the history there well it goes back about 60 years and you know it started with the northwest uh where the Jesuits brought uh, students from uh uh, some of the Northeast campuses to work up in uh, some of the Alaskan uh, villages. And it was, uh, um, you know, beneficial for the communities, for the Jesuit ministries and for the JVs. And so, uh, you know, it took off from there. So the Northwest was the first, and then there were other regions that uh, were created uh, after that, along with the, uh, uh, with the international program uh, as well. And then, I think most people know in, in 2010, uh, all the regions except for the Northwest merged along with the international program. So now we have uh, sort of JVC, the international program, national, and then JVC Northwest, which is still working up in uh, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, Alaska. Excellent. Thanks, Tom. And uh, Katie says uh, FJV from Los Angeles, 1314, and grateful to be joining the staff. So yeah. Katie. Well, Katie and then Alec, who was there a little earlier, uh -huh. Alec is also going to be joining the staff. And then Maggie, who uh, you mentioned a little earlier, was one of the JVs that uh, came home uh, prematurely uh, from her placement, uh, but has been uh, continuing to meet with us and meet with other members of her community. And and in the hopes that we might be able to send them back. Excellent. And uh, just uh, Samantha said uh, on your point about uh, uh, the silent retreat, Samantha said, I was just thinking it'd be nice to go on a silent retreat again, but realized I've been on one for two straight <laughs> months in my apartment alone. Uh, good point, Samantha. That's Thank right. You. Yeah. All right, Tom, we need to take a little break and say thanks to our sponsors, including sure. ABC. So this is a chance to grab a drink while, while we do that. We'll be back to you in a couple minutes, okay? Um, so let me tell you a little bit about our sponsors. Uh, they're a great group of organizations that support uh, Solidarity on Tap. And, um, but first I wanna tell you about some of the things happening with the Ignatian Solidarity Network that would allow you to connect with our um, formation, education, and advocacy work. Uh, first off, uh, we have an event coming up um, that is uh, ISN along with the Jesuit Conference Office of Justice and Ecology and the Catholic Mobilizing Network will be hosting a virtual watch party of episode eight of The Innocence Files tomorrow, May 14th at 8.30 p.m. Following the screening, all are invited to a Q&A conversation with attorney Brian Stolars, one of the series' subjects and a frequent uh, presenter at the Ignatian Family Teaching for Justice. You can register today for that by going to ignatiansolidarity.net and look at the upcoming events uh, on there. Uh, other things happening, May 24th marks the fifth anniversary of Laudato Si. You can join the Ignatian Carbon Challenge along with the global Catholic community from May 16th to 24th in celebrating 
the Catholic Church's success from the past five years and envisioning a hopeful future. Activities include Laudato Si discussion groups, social media bingo, and a global prayer service. More information can be found at igsolnet, that's I-G-S-O-L dot net slash L-S week. Uh, Good Works, Responding to COVID-19 is a broadcast that features partners from the Ignatian family working diligently to support the needs of community members through direct service, accompaniment, and advocacy in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. Our guest next Thursday, May 21st, uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern, will be La Tilma and Centro Pastoral at Sacred Heart Parish in El Paso, Texas. That's the Jesuit Parish in El Paso. Um, I'd also like to invite you tonight to be part of ISN's efforts uh, to advocate for a more just world. You can join us in calling on Congress to ensure the protection of those most in need amid the COVID-19 crisis, including asking our elected officials for measures to improve the economic security of the most vulnerable and address unique health risks posed to the people in our prisons, uh, those who are migrants, low-income income communities and communities of color, which bear uh, already bear the burden of poor environmental and health conditions. Uh, you can take action right now by texting COVID, that's C-O-V-I-D, to 202-800-1541. Again, you can text COVID, C-O-V-I-D, to 202-800-1541. And now let me tell you about those sponsors. First is the, the Boston College School of Theology and Ministry, which offers an opportunity for graduate study centered on core themes of solidarity, spirituality, service, and social justice. A diverse and vibrant community supports students as they engage in theology grounded in faith and informed by lived, and exper- lived experience. The Mary Lay missioners serve around the world, providing support to those on the margins, including through restorative justice programs. To learn more about their international restorative justice work, tune in to Meet a Missioner Monday. That's Meet a Missioner Monday live on their Facebook page on Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. The Jesuit School of Theology, located in Berkeley, California, is an international center for the study of theology with classes on campus and online. Dynamic, challenging, and impassioned dialogical study impels and inspires graduates to pursue ministry in a way that will transform our world. The Jesuit Volunteer Corps, which we've been talking about tonight, is a full-time volunteer program that works for social justice while exploring spirituality and faith through a framework of Catholic Ignatian values for individuals between the ages of 21 and 35. Jesuitical is a podcast from America Media, hosted by young lay editors looking at the Catholic news of the week and includes guest interviews. And you can check them out uh, on America's website or wherever you get your podcast, just search Jesuitical. And JVC Northwest, which Tom mentioned a few minutes ago, focused on the core values of community, simple living, social and ecological justice, and spirituality and reflection. JVC Northwest is a national direct AmeriCorps program serving in 24 locales across Alaska, Idaho, Montana, Oregon, and Washington. And you must be 21 or over to be eligible um, for JVC Northwest. Also, uh, just so you know, if you like the conversation this evening that we're having and want to share it or watch it again, don't worry. All right, We've got it uh, available on our website at IgnatianSolidarity.net, on our Facebook page, and our YouTube page. So don't don't worry. Okay. 
Um, also, if you if you enjoy Solidarity and Tap, please consider giving a gift to sustain the work of the Ignatian Solidarity Network. You can do that at ignatiansolidarity.net slash donate. And I want to make sure I tell you about our upcoming Solidarity on Taps. Uh, in uh, On May 20th, we have Danielle Vea. Danielle is, uh, works with Jesuit Refugee Service International. She's written a recent book uh, telling the stories of refugees from across the world. She'll be with us next week on Wednesday at 9 p.m. And then the following Wednesday, May 27th, we'll be joined by Olga Segura. Olga's a, a freelance writer who uh, focuses on issues of race and culture. Uh, she wrote for a number of years for America Media, and so we're excited to welcome her to talk about um, race and, and the Catholic Church in particular. So, um, Tom, we wanted to, uh, we had a number of questions from folks uh, about, um, uh, about JVC and, and kind of how JVC discerns where they have JV communities. And I realize that there's probably a lot that goes into this, but but how, how you know how how do you try to meet the the needs of a community with uh, the availability of volunteers and what what goes into that kind of thought process as you try to you know to to uh, make sure that you have communities um, where you where you want them where you can have them things like that. So so I mentioned earlier that um, uh, you know JVC is going through a rebuilding period. Uh, and so we've been doing a lot to strengthen the organization, bring in uh, new staff uh, uh, to, to lead the organization. And so, you know, I feel like we're headed in a very strong direction uh, with that. I think one of the areas that we need to start focusing in on is sort of where the placements are and the types of placements that we have. I would say right now we're sort of on autopilot uh, where we are um, putting volunteers in places that you know have traditionally been our placement sites, have been good placement sites, have given JVs a good experience. But I think as we um, kind of get our legs under ourselves, we want to be much more proactive and uh, looking a little bit more strategically both at uh, organizations that work in the cities that we currently are, and then other cities that perhaps we were in the past that we should be going back to. For that, we need to get our numbers up. But um, you know, I guess the the main criteria is obviously the 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 uh, Jesuit volunteer needs to be spending at least seventy five percent of their time directly in contact with the people being served by the organization. It needs to be focused on social change and, and social justice. Um, so I think there's a lot more we could be doing on, on the area of um, climate change and ecological justice. Uh, I think there's an appetite there for uh, more placements in the health field. Um, certainly there's, there's a, a, a very high need for uh, working with the immigrant community. So I think in the coming years, we'll be taking much more of a proactive look in terms of where are new placements we should be and where are new cities we should be uh, in order to um, both meet the needs and to give volunteers a solid experience. Ragan, that sounds that sounds great uh, to to hear you uh, speaking about those those new ways of engaging with communities. Um, we had a question, kind of a fun little question uh, from Carrie. She said, "Question for Tom: Did you have a favorite or most memorable meal while you were visiting <laughs> JV community?" Every every community. Uh, 
really uh, did a great job. They all tried to ask me uh, to say that their house was the best, but everybody was above average. Everybody was great. Uh, uh, had some homemade pizza. Uh, there was a guacamole challenge in, at one of the places that uh, we were. Had some great uh, vegetarian and vegan meals. Um, so I, I saw the, the you know, we made sushi at one house. Um, so I saw uh, JV's uh, creativity at, at their best. Made sushi. That's that's pretty intense. I like that. Yeah. Tom, um, you know, one of the things we've seen over uh, over many years and uh, is uh, the reality that in our country we have um, we have fewer Jesuits than we did 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And, and we know that moving forward, uh, there will be fewer uh, Jesuit priests and brothers here in the United States. Um, how do you how do you see where do you see JVC fitting into that reality of a changing evolving church uh, not just within this, the the Jesuits and the Society of Jesus and and its network of ministries but also in the larger church where where do you see JVC fitting into that reality? You know, so I I've told this story to to the JVs uh, before that. Um, you know, during the during the time that I was um, in the application process uh, for this position, there were a lot of things that were tearing at me about you know whether or not I really wanted to get back into working with a faith-based organization, working you know uh, directly with the church. Just given you know what's happened with the clergy sex abuse and just other issues uh, within the church that you know really made me question about whether or not I wanted to get back to this work. And my older daughter happened to be home um, one day and I was telling her about some of the reluctance that I had. And I totally expected her to say, you know, yeah, dad, I can't imagine why you would you know, go back at this point in your career. But what she said just sort of blew me away. She said, well, maybe you can help create the kind of church that drew you to this work in the first place. And that just pushed me over the edge. Because that, that's really what I've seen uh, with the JVs. Again, you know, I mentioned that I was at an orientation, uh, all the disorientations last year. And I told the JVs, I said, you know, you are the church that I want to be a part of. Uh, you're the kind of church that I, that I want to be a member of. A church that's w willing to struggle with the hard issues internally uh, about our spirituality, about our values, about our commitment and struggle with the issues that you're facing in your community or uh, at, at your workplace and doing it within the context of faith. Uh, you know, we're trying very hard at JVC to create an inclusive environment. So uh, regardless of race, gender, sexual identity, the people feel welcome. We have a lot of work to do on that. We're not nowhere near perfect. Um, there's a lot of work we need to do to better support um, our, our JVs of color um, and uh, other JVs uh, uh, as they walk their own journey within JVC. Um, and so, you know, th th this is sort of our challenge. And I, and I think this is also the church that we need to be creating, one that's welcoming, inclusive, and that really is focused about how we make this world a better place. Kind of a mindset of of be the change. In other words, you know, if we if we seek a different kind of church, then we need to 
um, our words are important, but our actions and how we how we carry ourselves as organizations, as individuals, is you know can have a significant impact, right? All right, to go from the serious to maybe the more fun, uh, the Casa Dorothy Kazel House in Los Angeles wants to know what your quarantine hobby has been, <laughs> and also they want to know that they miss you. Uh, what have you been doing with this extra time other than working? Because we yeah, know other than working. Oh, get in the cycle of just working a lot more in this work from home reality. What do you think? Well, uh, shout out to Molly. Molly is one of our additional year JVs. So she did a JV year last year and then it's doing another year this year at Verbum Day High School in, uh, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, so with the gyms closed and everything, I, um, I got a um, spin, spin bike. So I've been spinning out in the garage, uh, cranking up the music and putting in my miles uh, w uh, without leaving the neighborhood. Nice. Uh, so that's, that's one thing I've been doing. The other thing is that uh, um, my wife and my younger daughter, who's been home finishing out her, her senior year, we've been playing a nightly round of Spite and Malice, which is a card game. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been pretty pretty vicious, I would say. Nice. And what's on that playlist while you're on the bike? Uh, a lot of Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Born to Run is just the right length, just oh. the right right speed. Um, and then I just have a real eclectic playlist of uh, electric dance music, uh, 60s music, um, uh, jazz, just about anything. Excellent. Excellent. You have to find some ways to, to, to step away because, you know, I find that there's lots of opportunity to work. And if you don't kind of create some separation when your office is maybe uh, right next to your bedroom or is your bedroom, you know, it's become very easy uh, to, um, to, you know, step into work. Uh, so uh, Tom, someone asked if, uh, how the, how the uh, COVID crisis will impact JVC moving forward. You talked about this a little bit in terms of some of the ways that you see JVC, you know, maybe engaging with new types of placements and things like that. But do you see uh, the, the the reality of this pandemic um, having other other impacts or or having impacts moving forward? Oh no, it's ha it has significant impacts on our programming. Um, I mean, for instance, right now uh, I mentioned earlier, this is the time of year we do our silent retreats. So typically, we would um, you know send the volunteers off to retreat sites and. Uh, you know, where they would have their retreats. Well, obviously we can't do that now. And so our staff swung in the action and uh, created sort of silent retreats in place uh, to be able to um, uh, try to provide that experience for the JVs, but recognizing the limitations that the COVID pand pandemic has put on us. So, you know, it could have an impact on disorientation. We may have to do that uh, virtually. We're trying to keep our eye on you know, the beginning of next year, uh, we've got, we're going to have a full cohort uh, starting the year. And so we're hoping that we're, we're able to start that in person and on time. Uh, but we're also making contingency plans in case we need a delay or, uh, you know, do some other things at the beginning of the year to, to get it going. But we, it, what I've been really proud of is uh, that so many people have signed up for JVC next year. We're we, we are going to be filling all our placements and everybody has really stuck with us uh, and, you know, want to continue to serve next year. 
Sure. And we have a question from uh, Jody said, my husband and I are both FJVs and my organization used to host a JV. How are you engaging FJVs and former former JVs, I guess, during this this time of, of rebuilding? Uh, so you talked a lot about your way of working with, with current communities, but how, how is your work uh, to, to respond to the needs and interests of F, FJVs evolving? Well, that, I mean, the heart and soul of uh, JVC is the JV and the FJV community. Uh, the FJVs know more than anybody else, you know, how powerful and transformational uh, this experience can be. And again, you know, part over the years, we've really lost touch with a lot of our former volunteers. So that's one of the reasons that we created the position of FJV engagement and Got a terrific uh, former JV and Maria Gon, who's a former campus minister at the University of San Diego. Um, she put out a survey to FJVs last summer. We got uh, about 2,000 responses, which uh, exceeded our expectations. So we're looking at different ways. We've asked JV, FJVs how they want to be connected locally uh, to come back together, either for face sharing or for community nights. Uh, for this uh, silent retreat that we just had, uh, we had dozens of former volunteers who offered to be spiritual directors for um, uh, for the JVs, support people, bring meals to the houses. Uh, and then we're just also looking at ways in which we can just reconnect with uh, former JVs in the communities that they're now living and seeing ways that they want to be reconnected, reconnected to the values and then reconnected to the J JV communities in their in their local areas. Sure. And I, I just want to say it's just a great turnout of of current and former Jesuit volunteers tonight who are sharing. They're they're with us on social media and and sharing all these questions and things like this. So this has been a wonderful a wonderful conversation, um, Tom. To to learn more about about you and to uh, about your uh, work over the years uh, in and out of the church and and also to learn about. Uh, you know, what's happening with JVC and how JVC is responding to this crisis. It's been really great to, to spend this time with you. So thanks so much uh, for joining us tonight for Solidarity on Tap. And um, so grateful to have you as a partner in the Ignatian family and to have Jesuit Volunteer Corps as a partner um, in our work at the Ignatian Solidarity Network as well. So uh, grateful for your support and, and companionship. Um, well, well, if I could, if you don't mind, I, I would just yeah. like to thank you, Chris, for the invitation and ISN has been doing incredible work, not only connecting with uh, JVs, but uh, other young people across the country. And so just really grateful for your work and your leadership. And uh, to all the JVs and FJVs who are out there, uh, thank you. Um, if I haven't connected with you or met you, I hope I'm able to do that sometime in the future. And just thank you so much for your support of JVC. Like I said, you are the heart and soul of this organization. and um, we're working to keep it strong. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks again, Tom, for being with us. And thanks to everyone for joining us uh, here at Solidarity on Tap uh, tonight. As I mentioned earlier, uh, if you'd like to find this conversation later on, you can go to ignatiansolidarity.net or our YouTube or Facebook pages to access that. We hope you'll join us next Wednesday, May 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern for our conversation with Danielle Vea from Jesuit Refugee Service. And thanks so much for joining us in Solidarity on, uh, at Solidarity on Tap and have a great night, Ignatian family.